Okay, and we're back. And today we're talking to Isis Nyuongo from Medica. Hi, Isis. How are you doing? I'm good, Joseph. How are you? I'm good to be good. here. Yes, thank you for joining. Really appreciate you making the time. So today we just wanted to talk about kind of you know the investments or just the investment landscape in Africa and just wanted to get your thoughts and just answer some questions about what's happening currently in the landscape so you know we're running up this year 2023 but so far just from your perspective how has the investment landscape looked in Africa this year so far well, you know, certainly this year has been uh, a significant departure for the last couple of years. Um, there's a couple ways I think about it. And one is in the kind of immediate term this year that there is definitely a decline, a significant decline in the amount of capital that's come into the early stage, um, you know, across the continent and across all the markets, you know, down at least by mid-year more than 40 percent and that's both in terms of you know number of deals as well as size of deals and so it's definitely you know i think there's a debate whether it's a winter versus a plateau because in many ways when you take a longer look back um we were you know five years ago we weren't even at these levels right so um but it's certainly down um in terms of capital coming into early, early stage tech yeah. So do you think that this is kind of maybe a trend where this might continue into 2024 or do you ex expect it to maybe plateau and maybe go back up as compared to the other years? Yeah. You know, the, the factors that are primarily driving it are macro, like global macro factors where mm -hmm. most of the capital has, you know, historically come from outside of the continent and that capital is kind of fly, flying back to home countries. And so the the the, you know, the impact on Africa is it's kind of out of its control, right? Like it's very much out of our control. Um, and so given that looking into the future, I think there's very different kind of perspectives. Or, you know, I, I think the general sentiment in talking to um, early stage investors who have capital, have, you know, active portfolios is that that we're kind of be in this plateau for a bit longer, right? Because there's these elements that are out of our control and there's, um, you know, what you kind of hear typically is um, investors saying, okay, they want their portfolio to, you know, have 12 to 18 months of runway. Or yeah. if they're looking to make a new investment, they want to be sure that they're investing in a company that has that kind of runway. If that gives you a sense of the kind of the sentiment on on the ground. Right, right. Okay. So you know, I wanted to just uh, touch base on this real quick. So we know that, you know, in, in the African space, when it comes to investments, fintech takes a large portion of the investments. I think all the data supports that. Um, but do you, I think, can you highlight maybe one specific industry that you think has more, you know, investment potential? Is it agriculture? Are we looking at AI? Like what's the next, I guess, frontier when it comes to major investments mm -hmm. in Africa? Sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. You're right. Like fintech is still very dominant, continues mm -hmm. to be. I think what's really been interesting this year, and I think it definitely will kind of continue out into this you know, near term horizon, is investment in um, the clean energy, kind of clean energy, a lot of interest in climate tech, um, as well as health tech. Those are emerging. So even if the numbers are relatively small, 
you're seeing kind of definitely interest in these areas. And to rightly to your point from an AI perspective, there's, um, you know, what's interesting about AI at the moment on the continent is that a lot of, well, there's not even a lot of capital, but all the capital that is coming in and looking is actually a bit more on the philanthropic side, um, mm. faster and kind of earlier than, 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 let's say, like BC, which we're talking about today. The conversations around it, yeah, there's a lot of interest, but a lot of the startups are not yet kind of capturing like real, and also you think even in the segmentation of how to define an AI startup, right? Um, I think what will be interesting is, next year to see, especially the big, you know, companies that report on investments, how to look at and will they start categorizing as like really an AI enabled or an AI first type of, of um, company. But I think with the global interest in it, I think it's not, it will be pretty soon that we'll start to see, I think, um, site, you know, meaningful deals that are AI um, oriented going into, you know, next year. That's what I would definitely think. Okay. Yeah, that, and, and actually one other point about that is, the the kind of yeah kind of a lot of initiative innovation that the AI is initially a lot of the use cases are in ag and healthcare so you know they're they're mm -hmm. and climate so they're they're all kind of in, in many ways intertwined. Yeah, yeah, I think we can see that. I remember you you mentioned that you know some of the micro the macro effects of the of the different economies are affecting I guess investments. Um, do you think like most regulation across the continent also affects you know investment decisions? For instance, maybe you want to invest in a particular startup, but because of the regulatory nature of a certain country, you might pause or take a look at it. Or, you know, maybe not want to invest. But so yeah, I think the question is: Does the regular environment affect investment decisions for most investors? It certainly does, and I, and I it does, and I think depending on the sector, certainly fintech has a lot more kind of considerations, regulations, licensing that has to be looked at really carefully in terms of making an investment decision, but also ensuring that the team has the you know required skill set and advisors and policy and and um, and that you know legal. So I think there's there's things very specific to fintech, also health. Uh, but also what is probably more top of mind in currently is also kind of the tax environment. Um, mm -hmm. And I live in Nairobi, so it's, it's a, it's a, it's a hot topic, um, but okay. the tax, the tax environment and the chain, you know, how that's changing in different markets is a really big, is now much more of a, a top and front or, you know, front and center type of conversation from an investment perspective. Yeah, that that's always interesting, with the, especially with the taxes, because across, I guess, across most countries in Africa, you know, governments are looking to kind of create more windfall from most startups, especially in Ghana as well, I think, as well, taxes are going up. So I, I guess that definitely affects investment decisions then. Yes, yes, it's definitely, a, you know, much more of a consideration than it has been in the past. And I think the governments are all kind of striking that balance between okay wanting to encourage you know growth of sectors but at the same time um you know looking for you know the, a lot of economies are struggling right so looking for uh, tax revenue in different places so that's that's very much the tension that's happening currently that's interesting so i want to touch about the different countries and their investments um you know like markets like nigeria like they always seem to get a sizable chunk of investment especially from the us and other countries um, South Africa as well, um, but I want to touch on like which countries do you think are maybe investment investors are missing out on? Like I think the francophone market is kind of you know passed over most of the time, and you know some of the countries maybe in the south and the east. But 
what, what countries or which areas you think are missing out when it comes to investment opportunities? Yeah, that's a good point. And you know, did we talk about the big four? Um, you know, Nigeria, the big four being Nigeria, Kenya, South Africa, and Egypt, in terms of the large tech hubs uh, around the continent, capturing a lot. I mean, you know, most of the capital coming in, and that continues to be the case. I think there is, you know, Francophone Africa is um, certainly you know one, let's say, region as you noted, and. That also includes markets like DRC. So DRC is interesting. You're hearing more about it, interest in in that particular market. But there's other markets that uh, are, you know, Ghana, for example, you know, is is not one of the big four, right? But there's increased investments, you know, going into Ghana. Often, what you hear in investor circles is, you know, wanting to invest where there's already kind of a critical mass, right? You you have the infrastructure, the critical mass of talent, and and you know, and you have so much choice, right, about where you're going to invest that it then becomes more, how do you say, it, work to de- develop develop conviction that you're going to go into a lesser known market, um, and then be able to kind of you know be the one to help kind of build, you know, you know, certainly build that that market. Uh, so I think that there's. Uh, it was funny that recently I've heard twice in the same week that Africa has so many problems that there's opportunity everywhere, right? So if you if you really take the lens that tech is really solving big problems, we have a lot of them everywhere. And therefore there's opportunity. And then it comes down to, um, I think what's, what's interesting also, in it, what you made me think about in your question is from a local investor perspective, um, the international capital likes to go where there's already angel investors and local investors. And mm. there's been significant growth in just angel investing locally, um, local corp dev and uh, you know, corporate development, um, venture capital, other types of investment or talk about it at least, you know, uh, that that is quite interesting looking ahead and also thinking about some of these smaller markets where that'll kind of help build more comfort for international investors who may be less exposed. Um, in, into those markets. Yeah, that's that's very interesting. I mean, also with the countries that may be missing out, like what other areas or sectors you think are so, so missing out? As I said before, fintech is the biggest you know grabber of investment money. But what other areas you think you know not being spotlighted? I think agriculture is a big deal, but you mentioned climates as well. But what other sectors you think that there's massive opportunity there that's probably going to be big in the next few few years? Mm-hmm. I, mean, I I do think that you know education is perennially underinvested in, and I I think that you know there is a, you know, a lot of potential from an AI perspective as well around education. I what I don't know is necessarily trends indicating that there's you know significantly more investment going in there, but it is an over I would say kind of an, definitely an overlooked um, you know sector and underinvested in, which is so critical for. Um, the development of the continent, right? Uh, and the so I think that that looking at um, education is important. I'm trying to think of other areas that um, you know. So we talked about climate, we talked about um, ag. You know, when, when you think about other types of, I think one other element that's happening right now is a significant em- emphasis on B two B. Um, types of business models, and so B B to C, no matter how you kind of like we can slice it by sector, but has kind of fallen more out, you know, out of favor. And mm-hmm. it'll be interesting just to see how much, um, you know, there is the, the 
how might that might change right over time not sure but it's definitely a sentiment right now if you don't have a very clear you know it's been kind of more of like this kind of safety right like flight to safety it feels safer less um a bit more predictable perhaps and and less costly to acquire customers so that's definitely kind of a one thing you hear quite a bit um in, in the current environment yeah, that's it. That's particularly interesting. Okay, just switching gears real quick. Um, I want to talk about, you know, investments in companies. You know, in the past couple of years, you know, there have been some, I guess, say some founder discrepancies, you know, founders, you know, committing fraud or things like that. Um, I wanted to get your perspective on what the investment circle looks like when trying to invest in companies going forward. Are they going to scrutinize more of the founders' backgrounds going forward, or are they look, looking for companies that make maybe make them more revenue? So I guess I guess I'm asking is what's going to be I guess the scope or what our investors going to be looking for in companies when it comes to investments going forward? Mm-hmm. Yeah, good question. I think on that front, a couple of things really stand out. You know, certainly in the uh, deal, let's say pipeline process, a lot more scrutiny, I think, through the DD, you know, definitely through DD, looking at things much more carefully, looking at the team from a, you know, perhaps more broadly beyond the founder themselves, in terms of what is that wider bench look like, right? For example, do, you know, conversations are having now that maybe weren't as, um, Stark before was like, okay, you know, we look at the CFO, like what are the skill sets, you know, behind the CFO that might be coming in or, you know, how do we kind of look at um, both risk mitigation from the team perspective and other aspects um, that are looked at through DD, but also governance has been, you know, certainly an important conversation where, um, and in fact, just yesterday was around a conversation about governance and and, you know, there's a one, there's kind of different schools of thought. Like, do you really have a, you know, so-called proper board at Series A versus building um, a more experienced board early on? And the benefits of that and other ways, other types of accountability as well. Uh, so those are definitely the conversations um, that are that are happening at the moment. And, and also founders looking at how do they structure their boards, you know, just much more thinking about these things much earlier. And another element of local uh, local partners in different ways, especially for looking at the dynamic between you know global investors and local and looking at okay what is what is a local investment partner um, what what might we lean on them for or other ways of just um, getting more of that that um, uh, local support you know both through kind of an investment decision and post. Yeah, I think that makes sense, especially trying to scrutinize um, founders and looking at the boards, just trying to make sure that you get your money's worth. I think that's correct, right? Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely true. And I, and I think the you know overall view is that there's going to be some, you know, bad actors, bad apples out mm-hmm. there, but that mm-hmm. there's, uh, you know, there are things to you know, to, to maybe look at a bit more closely. I think it's, it's um, the tone is a bit different, certainly. Right. Okay, uh, I have a couple more yeah. questions and then we can wrap up. So 2024, um, when, I guess I'm kind of asking you to predict if you can, but what does the investment landscape look like next year? Do you see, I guess, an uptick? Um, do you think there's gonna be more positives? You know, will the economy, economies get better? I know this year has not been great, but 
what do you see or what do you hope for next year when it comes to investments in Africa next year? Mm. Yeah, I mean, when I think about it, and you know, I'm part of, you know, I'm really excited to be part of uh, Matica because it's a new, and I'm a mentor, you know, in this Matica program. And what I'm excited about, because I think about it in the context of that specifically, is like Matica's come into, it's a new program, it's kind of a structured program, pre-seed investments um, that are really aiming to back, you know, founders in kind of these underlooked areas, kind of to your earlier point, um, in some of the markets where there's not as much investment happening, perhaps in some of the sectors where they're not the big fintech and, you know, maybe some of the other the big ones, but they are solving big problems. And these are, um, and for me, like, I, I am very interested in that because I've done a lot of Pan-African work. I see a lot of, of uh, value in ensuring that there's more distribution of, you know, capital and particularly from um, the things that I'm interested, like I'm interested in looking out both kind of in addition to the, you know, the, the sectors we talked about, but mm -hmm. also around the types of people who get backed in terms of female founders and having female women, not only as part of like the, the founder teams, but also in your other kind of point about governance and all this kind of stuff, looking at the gender composition across the board. Um, so that's a very, you know, live conversation that, that you hear quite a bit that I'm, I think certainly when you think about diversity, um, both in terms of, in many respects, there's gender, but also educational background, work experience. Those are things that are being looked at more carefully um, and the importance of those. And so I think looking out, I'm very optimistic that that continues to, to grow, right? In mainstream and the way kind of like more let's say mainstream investment conversation because mm -hmm. it is there and it just kind of continues to grow in prominence and i think that will be um that will also bring in you know when you talked about some of the the, the sectors that are under invested in like education etc i think you'll start to see that will also reflect um you know broader set of types of founders you know looking at um different sectors so those are the things i'm, I'm interested in the other the other thing i'm interested in looking out and hopeful optimistic about is that is the fact that there are increasing number of angel investors local angel investors as well as um and so we think the importance of that it's very interesting i've seen many people invest for the first time in the early stage um you know tech sector they're coming from very different industries and so also their lens and what they're gonna start to back, right? Cause you gotta be able to start somewhere, right? So if, if you're starting to see in the early stage of the pipeline, more and more broader types of founders being backed, um, broader set of you know, sectors, then that'll kind of flow through, right? Into, into later years. And that's you know, part of my role as a mentor um, with Madika is to support really with areas of expertise that I have with founders um, to enable them to scale and really bring um, relevant local business experience um, into what they're doing. So those are the things that I, I think there's just going to be quite a bit more intention around this aspect of supporting uh, founders to to scale and that that are not all in the same sector in the same big four markets. Yeah. Right. Cool. Okay. One last question, then we can let you go. Um, you know, I, I just want to ask you real quick. Okay, so the next five to 10 years, um, when it comes to venture capital and, and just investing in, in the African landscape, 
like what trends or what do you see happening? Do you, as you said, do you think we've seen more angel investors? Will governments even try to take a stick in some startups and companies? But what, what do you see or what do you think will happen in the next five to 10 years, Max? Mm -hmm. Five to 10, yeah. Um, I forget what the projections, we're gonna be for 10 years to now in terms of the capital, but it was gonna be a lot bigger, <laughs> you know, 10X growth or something there. Uh, I, I think that there's, Yes, I think there's a couple of things I think will likely happen uh, is that there's already a lot of focus on job creation, the young environment, like the young population we have. Mm -hmm. And we all know that, but it's, I think it's just become much, much, it's just going to, I mean, it's just going to be so, I think, so much more of a focus of how investment decisions are made, what are the things that are going to um the types of investments that'll really help drive job creation. And of course, the tension there is with the growth of AI, which will be significant, is what does that mean? Where are the opportunities and how to really invest uh, so that Africa is um, you know, taking, really taking an advantage and, and leading in, in with respect to aspects of AI. So I think, I think those are two big kind of forward-looking trends. And I think in terms of the investment composition, I do think uh, that couple things will be interesting. Uh, there's also a lot of conversation currently about the lack of, so far, of very large exits mm -hmm. on the from African startups, particularly exiting to local local IPOs and local exchanges. And there's a lot of conversation about that. Where what can be done to? So I think the effort around that probably will pay off, and we'll start to see like significant liquidity um, from local listings and, and cross listings elsewhere, et cetera. But I think then you get into much bigger cycles of wealth creation um, that will flow back in a, you know, in a bigger way within the continent in terms of also having local, you know, local investors are inclined this way to actually have more capital to, to do this. So, so those are definitely things that I see on the horizon. And I think we'll still have um, significant philanthropic capital that uh, is still plays a role. I think it might even play a more increasing role when it comes to to tech than it is today. All right, that's uh, yeah, those are some good points to add. But yeah, I think that's very interesting. So um, before we let you go, um, I think I said one last thing, but just one last thing from me. Um, what do you think about? I guess <laughs> no problem. Hey, what do you think about the Ghana landscape when it comes to the tech ecosystem? You know, I, I've been covering Ghana for a while now, and there's, you know, there's been some growth. But what do you think personally about Ghana? If you actually look in the area, what do you think about Ghana, for instance, in the next couple of years? <laughs> uh, yes, I do. I do. I, I do. From from you know, I I think that um, there's more. There, okay, a couple things I think on the Ghana front is that there's a lot more conversation about Ghana as a market from different investors talking about it, going there, do you know, you know, doing deals. So I think that's there's definitely an uptick from from that perspective, and in in um, and I think there's also more connection between Ghana and Kenya growing, which is quite interesting. Uh, because there's a lot of, you know, whether it's companies setting up teams in different markets, Kenya, Nigeria, there's been quite a lot of that in the last couple of years. But 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 I think more connections between Ghana and Kenya, which I just observe there's you know, some things I, I see firsthand um, with that in that regard. And I and I so I think some of that some of the how do you say it, the 
previous mega trends around like pan-African businesses and investors um because that's also been some of the challenges here is, is companies pulling out of markets that they were being pushed to really expand into quickly and but what i think is interesting is the countries that already have a lot of you know increasing trade going on and startups wanting to you know organically set up okay ghana would make sense for me as a kenyan company or vice versa that uh companies going in multi-market but not necessarily in this um this way that's driven from just totally the macro environment, right? Where it'd be like, okay, go into Nigeria or go into, but, you know, really looking more at, at um, being able to, to, to work effectively in certain markets that might seem a little counterintuitive geographically, but actually have a lot of similarities otherwise. Um, so it's interesting. I, th I think Ghana is, I think Ghana is quite interesting in, in how much it comes up in terms of, of investors looking looking at the market which i think is more so than you know one or two years ago even though we don't our macro there are real economic challenges you know mm -hmm. um happening at the same time i think that's a positive you know uh, you know indication okay well i guess on that note we can wrap it up there thank you very much Isis. really appreciate the time thank Great. you for the questions. yes thank you nice to meet you yes.